Hi guys, my name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, how are you doing? Welcome to episode 69 of Legally Clueless. I am so thankful that you listen to this podcast and I'm so thankful that you're part of the Legally Clueless tribe. You can plug into the tribe on Instagram. That's at Legally Clueless Podcast. However, back to you, you know, 2020 is wilding out. <laughs> Yo, this is one of those years that we're going to be talking about for years to come. Amidst the chaos, I really think it's important for you to Find a way to take time for yourself, you know, just to breathe. When I say breathe, I mean breathing exercises. I have been leaning on those quite a bit this week. I hope you also have spaces that allow you to be, spaces that allow you to be vulnerable, that allow you to ask for help. I do hope you also have found some coping mechanisms because the ripple effects of COVID are real. I think now, especially for Kenya, we're getting into the eye of the storm. And so we're feeling and seeing how it's affecting business, how it's affecting sources of income, how it's affecting our friends and our loved ones. It seems like it's not important, but I think you are internalizing all of this energy. So it's important to take care of your mind space, even as we sail through this storm. So coming up later on in this episode is such a beautiful, powerful story. Oh my God, I really enjoyed recording this one. I was nine years old and I remember this one kid who stood in the middle of the sandpit and he said, I don't think you should be here. You're going to pour out all the sand. You're so fat. I was either one of the boys or I was the duff, the designated ugly fat friend. This one time, there's another girl who was being picked on because she had acne and she was also plus size. So she was being picked on and I didn't see anything because for the first time, it wasn't me. Bullies are not always people you don't know. Bullies could be your family. And then on the actual Valentine's Day, he ghosted. He basically was online. I could see this homie was online. So that's coming up a little later on 100 African Stories. But first, I really do hope you had a great week. My week was strange. (laughs) It was so strange. I think towards the end of the week, I started feeling bouts of anxiety and just a darkness that I have not felt in a very long time. One of the things that I believe triggered it, even though it's such a beautiful thing, is this series called Afterlife. It's by Ricky Gervais and I've been watching it very slowly. Like there are moments where I can only watch half an episode and the episodes are not even that long, but like half of it because I've just never seen on screen a grief that resembles mine so well, especially his anger. So if you don't know about the series, I will try not to give away spoilers, even though one of my very close friends says that I perpetually give spoilers. But the series is about this guy who has lost his wife to cancer and she knew her end was coming and so she was recording all of these videos for him that he could watch after she passed away so a friend is the one who told me about it and i think he gave me a caveat i'm not too sure if he did but i think he said that hey, it's heavy but you know <laughs> What is heavy? So I go in because I've never been disappointed by Ricky Gervais. It's the closest thing to my grief I have ever seen on screen. And it's the closest way to define certain aspects of my grief, especially the the parts where I'm so angry that my mom passed away. 
I've never fully been able to articulate that anger. I've never fully been able to articulate the hopelessness that comes with grief. Like when you're just like, what's the point of life? Because sometimes when you want to articulate those thoughts that are seen as being very dark, it can scare the people around you, right? So you just kind of hold them in. And I've just, I've never seen anything as close to my grief on screen as I I have in this series. So I have to watch it very slowly, like half an episode here. (laughs) And so this week I watched an episode and at the time I didn't think it really affected me. But in hindsight, I can see that the day after watching that, I started feeling some sort of darkness and I just don't think that's a coincidence. So that happens. Then a friend lost her mom to cancer and then another person that we know was diagnosed with cancer two years ago and didn't tell anybody and then just recently found out that his cancer had spread all of these things just started bringing back memories of what we went through with my mom my mom battled breast cancer for over 10 years so yo (laughs) hospital visits I know them inside out I even know technical terms around cancer that would make someone think that I mildly studied medicine but it's just because I was around it for most of my life I think especially with the person who is still alive and has just found out that his cancer has spread I know the fear that a support system has and has to hide when somebody they love has cancer. Like you, you always have this fear that this could be the, the end, but you can't articulate it because you are in many times the source of strength for the person who's battling cancer. And plus you're just like, why should I be feeling this way? I'm not the one facing this disease. So can I focus, please? You know, or sometimes there's actually no time to feel because there's just so much happening around fighting the disease, right? And all of those things just came back. And even now sharing it, I really just want to stop recording. I really want to hit the stop button because I just don't know if anybody cares about the darkness that comes with grief and that continues to come with grief. And I just don't see the point of sharing it. I I don't know if that makes sense because part of me is just like nobody gives a damn and also she's not here. So what's the point? So I'm itching to stop recording, but I'm just going to try and like push push on also because I really want you to get to the the story in this episode it's so good okay yeah so that's gonna be my fuel not to hit stop so then Saturday comes and from the moment that I wake up I know I'm not okay like I know hey this I always say it's like a smell (laughs) like you know how you can smell what somebody's making for breakfast I can smell when I'm in a funk and I woke up on Saturday and I was in a funk for sure it was so bad I just milled around in bed not doing anything my partner went to work he works on Saturday mornings and then before I knew it it was 12 noon I had not had anything to eat and I was not hungry um and I had not left my room and so my partner comes home from work and he even asked me he's like what's going on and you know there are times when 
when you're in a funk or when you're not okay, that you can pretend. And I'm really good at pretending. Hey, <laughs> I can smile because it's like my default. I can power through like works, phone calls and whatever, and just fake that I'm okay. Maybe it's because of working in radio for so long and having a daily show that I perfected the art of faking that I'm okay. But on Saturday, I could not. I, inside, like there's a small voice in my head that's like, just smile, just smile so that he doesn't get so worried. But I just didn't have the energy and I just didn't care to, which is just so different for me. I've, I've never experienced that. I don't remember ever experiencing that. And then what made it worse is that I find it hard sometimes to ask for help or to ask for a hug. So it's great that I'm with a partner who can notice when things are wrong, even without me having to open my mouth. But I wanted to reach out to my best friend. I wanted to reach out to my sisters or just anybody in my support system. And I just couldn't. And what was strange is this time around, it wasn't, normally I don't reach out because I don't want people worried about me. But this time I just was covered in this darkness. I just didn't care. I was like, whatevs. Anyway, my mom's not here. So who cares? You know, <laughs> it, <sighs> so strange. And I guess also like one thing that keeps me from asking for help or for a hug even when it comes to grief is just this thing of feeling like it's repetitive. How many times am I going to tell you I miss my mom? I'm sure you're going to find it boring. And it's also why I want to stop this podcast. Like I want to stop recording it right now because I'm just like, ugh. whoever's listening is just going to roll their eyes and be like, hey, how many times? Hey, Sawa, we get it. You miss your mom. And so that keeps me from articulating it even to my close circles who are such a beautiful support system, but I still will not tell them. And I still did not tell them on Saturday. <sighs> and even like with my partner, part of me on Saturday didn't want to tell him because I don't want him to get frustrated that he can't fix this. It's unfixable. Like there's nobody bringing her back to life. So how are we solving this situation? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so... Saturday was really dark. It was really dark for me. I feel a bit better today. I've intentionally eaten right because that's a big part of it. Listened to a lot of like just good music. But there's no conclusion to this feeling. I think I just have to write it out. <sighs> and so I've just decided to kind of find something to live for every day of this week. And so Monday I'm going to be recording a story for the podcast so that's what I'm going to be getting my positive energy from on Monday. Tuesday there's a new project that I'm consulting on. It was a project that I didn't even think I was qualified enough to get but I'm really going above and beyond to like study and read and research so that I can give it my all. So I have a call on Tuesday for that project. That's what's going to fuel me on that day. Wednesday I'm buying shea butter. Yep, it sounds like such a mundane task, but I'm refilling my shea butter <laughs> tin 
I like how shea butter makes me feel when I rub it on my skin. So that's going to be my fuel. And also I'm getting it from my favorite supplier. She's been out of it for a couple of weeks. So that's why I'm getting my happiness on Wednesday. On Thursday, I'm working on the podcast episodes that play on Trace FM and that's going so well. So that's where I'm going to get my <laughs> fuel from on Thursday. On Friday, I've started writing poetry on Fridays because that's now become my chill day. So mm -hmm. Saturday, I'm refilling on black seed oil that has done wonders for my skin. Let me tell you, the glow on my face is so real. You need some black seed oil in your life, guys. So that's something I'm looking forward to. And on Saturday, that's going to be my joy. Next Sunday, I'm going to be producing episode 70. So that's where I'm going to get my fuel from. I hope that works. I've never done this before, like actually zeroed in on one thing every day. That's going to be my fuel for positive vibes. Anyway, so wish me well with my week ahead and I wish you well with yours. Maybe you should also try the finding one thing per day and just tell me how it works out for you let's see if it works let's see if next sunday we're not like uh uh please <laughs> that coping mechanism is trash but i'll tell you what's not trash music it's a huge part of my coping mechanism it's a huge part of my life it's a huge part of just like fueling me my fueling my creativity and so i really look forward to the song of the week which by the way you can send me songs that you're digging on the legally clueless hotline number which is plus two five four seven six eight six two eight seven nine zero so the song of the week is by two women who i absolutely adore i think this song is maybe three or four years old is it three or four years okay i'm not sure either way to me, it's a timeless record and I picked it as the song of the week because it really matches the energy of the story on 100 African Stories. So the song is by Janelle Monet and Erica Badu. I love these two women so much. Ah, Their music is just so amazing. So I even remember when they announced that this song was they're doing a collaboration together. I don't think I slept that day. <laughs> I was so excited. So the name of the song is Queen and why I picked it is one of my favorite bits in the lyrics and many people don't hear this lyrics because it kind of plays in the background is when I don't know if it's both of them saying it or it's only Janelle Monet who says even if it makes other people uncomfortable I will love who I am and I just always thought that was just so beautiful I was like hmm those are wise words to live by. So that's the song of the week. Because of those lyrics, I made it the song of the week because it speaks directly to the story on today's episode. And it's a story by Samantha. And Samantha talks about the bullying that she went through because she's plus-sized. And it's bullying she went through in primary school. Oh, kids can be so mean. And then in high school, she actually became a bully. And she talks about how the lack of self-love played a role in her being in very unhealthy relationships and how she's been able to turn that around for her. So it's my favorite type of story, you know, the ones with a happy ending. <laughs> but even more than that, there's so many insights she brings out. So 
Here you go. 100 African stories. There is no proper life that you live in university as a musician. If I constantly just walked around feeling sorry for myself, I'm never going to get anything done. Hey, there was a bit of frustration in between all of that. I've been breaking my back for this company. Therapy is not for the weak or for the crazy. Stories from Africa. My name is Samantha Karanja. I'm a student. I'm a marketer, I'm a singer, I'm a lot of things. I'm also, I mean, I'm a plus-size woman. The first time I was aware of it, I remember I was in class three. So in Kenya, you start school around six or seven. So that would mean that I was, hmm, I was nine years old. And I remember it was break time. And I was so excited because the teacher that day was hella boring. And I was like, woof, it's break time. And I remember my mom had packed for me, I think, pizza from the previous day. So I go to the sand pit, right? And I wanted to play with my friends. And I remember this one kid who stood in the middle of the sand pit in my primary school. And he said, I don't think you should be here. You're going to pour out all the sand. You're so fat. You must be 60 kilograms. Now, the irony of this is that right now, if I was 60 kilograms, I would be anorexic. But that being said, I remember the pain that it, it was like it was painful pain have I, I i couldn't even understand why it hurt so much because i was always aware that i was bigger than everyone else it just never registered that it was a problem i remember running to the washroom and I was, so let me describe what I looked like. I was this cute little bumblebee. I looked like a bumblebee. I was a bubble of happiness. But on that day, I remember sitting on the floor of the bathroom and I remember holding my hand on my mouth as I cried because I could not let anybody hear me cry. And that was so hard. But as it is, I just, I, I just had to keep going. I had to grow a thick skin is what they said. I remember asking my mom what was wrong with me. And she said, there's nothing wrong with you. You're beautiful. And I thank God for my mom a lot because she always empowered me always. And I think the craziest thing is that I think from that point on, I became more aware of bullies. And the sickest part about it was that bullies are not always people you don't know. Bullies could be your family or your friends, or friends that are family. I remember an instance of um, bullying from family. I remember we had gone for a Christmas party at one of uh, Kenya's country clubs, and I was I was excited. So I remember my auntie had come back from the States, and her, she had brought me a purple, I don't know whether it was Brad or Barbie, same thing, bikini. So here I was, and I was so excited. And I remember changing in the changing room and I was I was getting into it. And I was like, oh my God, everybody has to see things from America. Yes, yeah, so I remember getting into it. And I remember for a split second, I thought to myself, should I, should I not? And I had carried a full body costume. And I remember one of my friends saying, no, it's okay, let's do it. Let's wear the bikini. I mean, for her, she was more slender and what. Now, mind you, I was about, uh, I was in class five. So class five would mean I was about, I was 10. I got into a pool. I mean, I was a pretty good, I've always been a pretty good swimmer. Not the best, but I'm an okay swimmer. So I remember being inside the pool and the pool is very blue. You know, those like very blue pools. I don't know what they do to that water. I was in the pool and I remember this kid, uh, my friend, 
who is my friend to this day he was diving and i remember he was like oh my god i can't believe she wore a bikini isn't she too fat for that and i remember how much it hurt it hurt so much but again i had to push through and i just pushed it aside or i made a joke about it and i just let it go or rather i think i let it go i've always been the kind of person to not dwell but i think i did not separate the difference between not dwelling and and being a sponge so i mean life moved on i i finished i finished primary school now i think for me primary school was I think a very rough time because I'd never had so in primary school I don't know if it was too early but I don't know why people felt you know they were in relationships but I was never that girl I never had any male attention I was either one of the boys or I was the duff now if you've watched this movie it's called the duff the designated ugly fat friend Yes, that's what I was or at least that's what I believed myself to be. Many times I was always the one to be the punching bag or the place to throw insults. This one time I knew it was wrong, but I let it slide because it was not me. This one time um there's another girl who was being picked on and she was being picked on because she had acne and she was also plus size or fat, whatever you want to call it. And so she was being picked on and I didn't say anything because for the first time it wasn't me. It didn't I, I, and the, the thing was I wasn't proud of it. I wasn't happy about it, but it was the first time I was not the target. So I guess I kept quiet about it. And as luck would have it, when I went to high school I got acne. Wow, the world has such a thing. <laughs> That's like, wow, universe, being the fat kid is not enough. And I mean, also, I'm tall. So basically, I'm tall, I'm plus size, and then here I am with acne. So anyway, I went to high school, and being plus size saved me from being bullied to some extent. Let me explain. So the bullies in my high school, I was in public high school. Now, if you've been to public high school, <laughs> it's, it's, it's dark time. It's a rough time. Kids bully you they will bully you for anything they'll bully you for having an accent for not having an accent for not speaking kiswahili for speaking kiswahili now kiswahili is one of our national languages and so i mean if you don't know how to speak it then it's a problem but i mean you'd have to know how to speak it because if you're in the if you're in the 844 system which is our kenyan system you have to know swahili but maybe your accent your english accent interferes with it or your mother tongue accent interferes with it that being said high school is just rough so i remember i i, I never quite got bullied i did get bullied a bit you know psychologically but i could always stand for my stand up for myself because i was physically bigger than these kids so i was like what's a phone for gonna tell me when she's the size of my mouse exactly exactly what are you going to do but i do remember that i think in the first term i was a bit scared and i never used to do anything and my water would be stolen so <laughs> let me give a case in point so i mean when you're in form one you're basically um you're a slave you do all the, the terrible terrible jobs you know wash the toilets wash the bathrooms and and whatever so for me i used to fetch water the night before uh, because i mean I'm not trying to wake up early. So I remember I had fetched water for uh, doing my duty and showering and everything. So I woke up early. So I'm walking out of my of my room and I see this form for pouring out my water into her bucket. I think I threatened the life out of her. I was like, I'm going to hurt you. Fast forward to around um, three, I would stop up the food chain. I became a bully because 
I subconsciously never dealt with the fact that I was bullied for such a long time in my life. So I just, I became a bully. I didn't actually, it didn't register in my head that it was bullying. I thought I was just being a senior. So we used to have this system where we used to have, uh, you'd be a guardian to a form one, right? So I had a form one who was my, let's say, daughter. Right, that's what we used to call them. I had lost my sandals, and because I could, I took her sandals, and I basically just took them, and I just like I, I didn't feel the need to tell her or the need to explain why. How I knew I had hurt her was the day she came and told me, Samantha, how could you do that to me? How could you let me go on a wild goose chase thinking somebody stole my shoes and you're the one who had them, and you looked at me straight in the eye and you said you had not seen them. I knew that I had hurt somebody and I was exactly what I hated for the longest time and it ripped my heart into half. I felt so bad. It it hurt me so much. But remember I I, I was I was consumed in in keeping up images. So I just put it in my sponge. I left high school and I went to uni. So I was like, oh, thank God, you know, uni, they're not bullies. So anyway, I got into uni. And so I had the interest of this one guy. And I, to be honest, in hindsight, I thought I loved him, but I don't think I knew what love was. I just finished high school and this guy, you know, just gave me a slight, a dash of interest. You know, just a dip, you know, it's not even interest. It's like, it's like, he just, I'm going to describe, it's like he just looked at me and I knew, wow, we are getting married. It's time for us to shine. My wedding is ready. Hey, today is the day. In the beginning, he was actually quite kind to me and he was a good friend to have. Now, in a relationship, we were terrible for each other, to be honest. But that being said, I remember how he would gaslight me unconsciously or consciously. I don't know to this day, but he would gaslight me and he would make me feel less than. I was still a sponge and I still thought that I was not worthy of love, that I was not worthy of anybody's attention. So I just let him and I let him do whatever he pleased. This one time he on Valentine's Day, I remember asking him, what are we going to do for Valentine's Day? Oh, oh we're going to go out and whatever, whatever. You know, he was... He was thoughtful to some extent. And then on the actual Valentine's Day, he ghosted. He basically was online. I could see this homie was online. So this guy is online. He's not talking to me. He's not like I'm texting this person and he is reading my messages. And that was back then when I didn't know that you could turn off duty. So I can't see this person do it to give me. I'm like, son, sir. Wow. <laughs> it hurt me so much. But I remember describing it to my friend and he's like, what kind of nonsense is that, Samantha? Why, why are you still tolerating this nonsense that this guy is putting you through? I'm like, but you know, he loves me. You know, he listens to me. It's like, yeah, he can be your friend, but he's not your boyfriend. Clearly, you are just, what are you doing? Anyway, so I, I let's just be, so you'd think I broke up with him, right? Guys, no. I say this to people a lot and I tell them, pain is addictive. It's like a drug. I don't think people are conscious of it. Anyway, so I went and I put myself there and, you know, he lied to me, lied, lied, lied. By the grace of God, I did not take his lies and I just, I cut myself out and I just, I never dated again. I think I've never even been able to process the word love. And I don't think I've ever said I love anyone. I, I've never said that. I don't even know what love is. I came to the realization that you cannot love anybody unless you love yourself. For me, my self-love journey has started on a very ridiculous day. So one day I'm, you know, I'm in a common area in the school and this girl is drinking some ridiculous conclusion. So she is here with a water bottle uh, filled with peels of, of fruits. I don't know if you understand what I mean. I'm not saying fruits. I'm saying peels. 
and you know and she's like yes this is my weight weight loss concussion i, I asked her what are you drinking she said um this is my concussion for weight loss i'm thinking maybe you should start um drinking it i think you need it and i looked at this girl and i was like what the audacity the audacity but funny enough I, I wasn't angry. I was just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done doing this. I'm done. You, I'm done. I need to let this thing go. So you know what I did? I decided, you know what? Samantha, it's time for you to just love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, these people are not going to love you. They're not going to do anything for you. They are not going to help you. You have to help yourself. I started to take care of myself. Now, what that meant was I decided to start eating properly. I decided to start, you know, working out, you know, being active. Now, I did not do this thing to become, you know, a size 10 because that's nearly impossible. I remember talking to my doctor and telling him, ah, you know, I want to lose weight, this and that and this. And he told me, I don't know why you want to do that. You just need to be healthy. Health is not on the exterior. You could be the most obese looking person with the most healthy system ever. Now, I'm not advocating for obesity, but I'm just saying health is not the size of your body or the weight on the scale. It's not. And it's funny because I started to work out and I started to let myself feel all those things. I started to remember what the class three, the eight-year-old Samantha had to put up with. The thing about pain is that it demands it demands to be felt. And I remember letting mm. myself feel and it was excruciating. I cannot describe it. I, I think the only other time I have ever felt pain like that was when I lost somebody close to me. But it was so painful because I, I could literally feel myself in that cubicle and the bathroom crying with my hand on my mouth it was <laughs> I, I i cannot even describe it it takes time and i think the journey of self-love for me has been up and down some days i love myself some days and I, I don't but i think i do know i love myself because i remember samantha praying to god i went on my knees <laughs> and I, now i think it's funny and i remember going praying to god and telling him god please Please, can I get Kim Kardashian's body? <laughs> it's funny. But like, I remember thinking that God could plaster, you know, plaster that kind of idealistic body onto me so that the pain could stop. I have taken time to understand that I will never fit whatever version of myself that people want me to be. And another thing is, just because I make you uncomfortable, I mean, you might as well close your eyes. I, I don't have to change to make you feel comfortable. It's, it's not about you. It, it really isn't. I think for people, they don't understand that self-love is not the same for everyone. Now, another thing that I, I really don't agree with that happens on social media is that people advocate for self-harm and purport it to be self-love. You are not going to tell people to eat unhealthy or to not exercise or to drink as much as they want or to do drugs because it's self-love and people need to accept them the way they are. No. Self-love means doing the best for yourself, even if it hurts, all right? It means showing up for you. Self-love isn't showing up on Instagram and saying, yeah, um, I look nice, so you people have to accept me. You might look nice, but 
I don't have to accept you. You have to accept you. So there are a couple of things that I do to keep myself in check, to remind myself to love myself and to remind myself to be aware that there are other people around me that also need to be given a bit of kindness, you know, so that they can be able to learn to love themselves. So for myself, so I do two things. I do some things for myself and I do others for other people, especially women, because those are the ones I, I think I relate the easiest to. Um, For myself, I have this, <laughs> so I have this thing where I have dance parties in my room. So I just wear like a really bomb outfit and I have my headphones on and I dance. I put on a proper playlist and I dance and I remind myself that I am 100% that bitch, 100%. I remind myself that it's okay for me to occupy space. It's okay for me to be tall, to have acne, to be plus size. I remind myself that I will occupy that space and I am more than what I look like. I am more than my size, I'm more than my height. I also um I actively dress like I actually, you know, I think for the dressing part, uh it's taken me time to start dressing properly. I think I used to, you know, not dress properly because I was scared or because I was insecure. But over time I've been able to embrace my curves and I just wear whatever makes me feel okay. I mean, whatever makes me feel happy, whatever makes me feel appropriate. Note, I did not say whatever makes other people feel appropriate. No, what makes me feel appropriate and mm -hmm. happy and okay. So what I realized was that I think when I started to talk about it, small, like minimal, started talking about it with people around me, I realized I wasn't the only one. And so what I started to do was to actually listen to people and to, I guess, give them a shoulder or is it, I, I think it's more than, I think it's just an ear to listen to help them navigate this, this plus size experience. So I recently started to collect people's stories and I realized I was, I was not the only one. And people have some twisted stories, like humans are not nice. Gosh, they're really not. And I think through the experience of collecting people's stories and planning to share them, I realized that I wasn't the only one and I was I felt the need or the responsibility to be what Samantha Small needed, to be the version of a human being that she needed to see so that she would know that it would be okay, that you will survive, that you will be okay, and that it doesn't matter what they say. I know it hurts. I know that sometimes it feels like you are utterly and completely alone, but you are not alone and you will conquer and you will rise. Catch our next African stories in the next episode. I really appreciate how real and vulnerable Samantha was while telling that story. But I think what was mind blowing for me is when she said pain is addictive. Ah, oh, my word. I think the only other person I've heard say something close to that is my best friend, Val, where you can actually get so comfortable in your pain, it becomes your crutch and even your companion. So even getting to a point where you are willing to heal, hey, <laughs> it can take a long time because you're like, what am I without this pain? It forms so much of my identity now. Ah, So when she said that, I was just like virtual high five because... 
that's so real. So remember, if you want to share your story on this podcast, it's possible. You just need to send me a one minute WhatsApp audio note explaining to me a bit about the story that you want to share. The Legally Clueless hotline number is plus 254-768-628-790. And I'll send you some story prompts and we can you know, record your story remotely. But I also love stumbling on just some of your audio notes that you send, not because you want to share a story, but in relation to an episode that you've listened to. Amanda here. I am very grateful for one, especially for today's episode. You know, I usually stack up my podcasts for just one day and I'm like, yes, I will listen to all of them and get engaged. But today I was like, first notification I got was yours. And I was like, yes. I am definitely listening in. Thank you so much for always finding a way to like help people get through this, like these tough times. In today's podcast, when you said that you are younger and then your mom used to pay for classes where you were playing piano, chapwa. I was just like, what? This is reminding me of when I was eight. I started playing piano when I was really young. And my piano teacher also used to be quite harsh, but he was so friendly and fatherly. My psych of piano, Elisha, to hivyo hivyo. Anyway, please enjoy the rest of your week. Looking forward to more. And feel free to send these audio notes because this is really just a nice tiny safe space on the interwebs not only for me but also for you i'd love it to feel the same for you as it does for me so if you listen to an episode and you relate with it or it sparked something in you feel free just to send a chat or you can send an audio note as well to the hotline number i also do appreciate all of you on twitter who are showing twitter <laughs> accent <laughs> twitter all of you on twitter <laughs> who are sending through love remember the hashtag is legally clueless and if you want to join the tribe we do actually have an instagram page that's at legally clueless podcast this podcast plays on trace radio every monday wednesday and friday at 9 a.m and at 8 p.m as well so make sure you head over to traceradio.co.ke for the frequencies if you are in kenya so you can listen to it or you can also on traceradio.co.ke stream trace radio there and that's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode. Bye.